Welcome to the Doctors Hospital podcast. I'm your host, Alexis Burrows, brand manager at Doctors Hospital. Today on episode two of the Doctors Hospital podcast, we are continuing our series of honoring uh, the late Dr. Judson Enius. Today on the pod, we have Dr. Sheena Antonio Colley, internal medicine specialist and also chief medical officer here at Doctors Hospital. And we also have Dr. John Johnson, a physician who has a long history with Dr. Enius. They've been colleagues and friends dating back to the very early days of Doctors Hospital working in the trenches during the transition from the Rassen Hospital to Doctors Hospital. So, you know, one of the reasons why we've reached out to Dr. Colley, for example, in this space is that when she was in her residency, she had the opportunity to spend some of her time working under Dr. Enis's tutelage. So she'll speak about that a little bit um, during her interview. And then for Dr. Johnson, he was somebody who Dr. Enius essentially was his personal physician, his family physician as well. He kind of talks a bit about how that came about, which is an interesting and funny story. But again, we are simply seeking an opportunity to share Dr. Enius' legacy and pass that on to the next generation. So I invite you to sit back, listen, um, and hopefully this provides, again, some opportunity for a deeper insight into the giant of a man that was Dr. Judson Enius. To get started, as a physician, I imagine that the process of choosing a colleague to be your personal physician is a rather meaningful and sometimes challenging decision to make. How would you reflect on those two parts of your relationship and how they interrelated and, and, and what that looked like from one physician to another? Well, I think that Choosing Dr. Enius to become my personal physician was probably a decision he made <laughs> by himself. Uh, see, my wife was also his patient, mm-hmm. and um, he had a way of taking charge of uh, the situation, and he would say, John, you also need a doctor. When he would see my wife and be finished with the issue at hand, he would say, you need to get your annual checkups regularly. And um, here, let me show you what we're going to do. <laughs> so he would take over the situation. I, I don't think I had much of a choice in deciding if he would be my doctor. And um, that was fine with me because uh, he did a good job looking after my wife and my my children. So we uh, 
joined together around about 1986 or thereabouts when uh, the hospital became known as Doctor's Hospital mm -hmm. from Rashford Hospital. And um, he was a he was a a new new personality to come, and uh, he in 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 knowing internal medicine as he did. To me, he was setting a good example of how to practice medicine. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the need for stable medical practice was there. Uh, that was a deficiency at that time that I noticed. And um, Judson filled a specific need at that time when uh, we were changing from the Rassen Hospital to Doctors Hospital. And he helped to form the basis of a a group of doctors who uh, joined together to form the New Doctors Hospital. I think that um, I didn't have any problem uh, working with, with Dr. Keenitz because he was a good organizer. Mm -hmm. And he helped to point out to the group uh, what the needs were. See, back in those days, when when the Rassen Hospital existed, and we formed a group that eventually became the Doctors Hospital group, we had uh, about forty or so uh, general practice doctors or specialists who joined together as the staff of Dr. Foster. Mm -hmm. And um, we joined together to become that new entity uh, because at the time, Dr. Rassin uh, turned over the property and the practice to a group of, of medical practitioners in Nassau, and um, uh, Dr. Enius was one of the leading members. Uh, in, in that group also was Dr. Uh, Larry Carroll, Dr. Um, Dr. Kirk and Leslie Culmer, mm -hmm. the name of you, and uh, Dr. Diggis, who came along and helped to organize us to become the group known as the Doctors Hospital Group. Mm -hmm. So, and Dr. Enis fit in right at that point in time where the need arose, where we could separate into different departments. Right. And uh, he became one of the leaders of internal medicine. Right. And nephrology at that at that point in time. Right. So I understand that he was. He was particularly instrumental, along with yourself, in establishing the Department of, in, of Medicine at Doctors Hospital back in its infancy. Essentially, I imagine in a lot of ways, you worked in the trenches together back then. You mentioned his leadership. 
and his his role in that but can you expand on that a little bit more what it was like to work in that new environment you know with imagine at that point a group of a lot younger physicians than all of you are now and kind of tackling that concept of you know establishing and I guess moving from the Rassen Hospital to Doctors Hospital but also establishing those individual departments yes it was important at that point in time the um, the medical staff was separated by by common consent into different departments we had the department of surgery which uh, eventually was led by dr diggis we had department of uh, obgyn with dr hall watson we had the department of family practice led by dr uh, kirk Kalman and his brother leslie and um Dr. Enius became the chairman of the Department of Medicine way back in the early stages. And he was instrumental in organizing that and setting up an educational program for us to uh, continue medical education mm. on a regular basis. And so we uh, were able to feed on that and bring up the, the level of medical care in the Bahamas and around the, the, the doctor's hospital group. So we even had a, um, an on-call schedule that was established with the um, Dr. Enius um, mm-hmm. taking the role of organizing the, the nightly on-call schedule between okay. the different doctors. Right. So I also understand um, that in a lot of ways, you and Dr. Enius operated or functioned as medical partners, meaning that in instances where one needed coverage, they were able to, so you would provide coverage for Dr. Enius and vice versa. I imagine even that process of making that kind of a decision is, you know, very well thought out and not easily come to. So what was that process like in deciding and, and what level of trust, I guess, does there have to be in that kind of relationship to say, you know, I trust you to cover my patients when I'm unable to and vice versa? Well, I particularly enjoyed uh, working with Dr. Enes because he had a good fund of knowledge of what was going on in the practice of internal medicine. Um, mm-hmm. He was well-read. He kept up with the latest literature. And um, he, he kept up uh, support of the journals. And um, mm-hmm. one thing about him, he always had a plan to attend the conferences that were going on, whether it was in Washington, D.C. or in Philadelphia in California or right in, in, in Florida, he had a plan to attend a, a medical conference um, once a year. And um, it was during those periods of time that he would ask me if I would cover his patients. I suppose he was observing myself 
how I would practice. And um, he must have liked what he saw because uh, we would have that kind of relationship that when I would go off on vacation or go to a conference, he would agree to cover my patients or I would not mind covering his patients when he went, went off to school or to a conference. So um, mm-hmm. we developed a good, a good friendship and um, also there was a good relationship between Dr. Enos Dr. Mrs. Enius and my wife, actually, they were very good friends. So there was a good mm-hmm. interaction on both levels. Um, uh, when, when the ladies got together, they were quite comfortable. And so Judson and I also had a good working and social relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has as as I said he had a good fund of knowledge he, he knew what the latest literature was and I found found it very helpful to consult him uh, when I had a difficult case and he would be able to use his experience you know he was a was a Navy trained physician he he, mm. he was trained in the U.S. Navy working as a internist and as a kidney specialist. And um, he had a good fund of knowledge of what was happening in internal medicine and kidney diseases. So we had a lot to share. And so I didn't mind asking him. uh, We would go back and forth discussing the difficult cases or just uh, building up our fund of knowledge mm-hmm. feeding on each other you know right i know i i guess from from listening to you speak it sounds like obviously your relationship with dr Aeneas was as much um established on a personal level as it was on a professional level which i imagine as even just the hospital in general is is you know i guess reeling from um his loss for everything that he's meant to it i imagine for you personally that this may be you know a particularly challenging time as well you know we're we're looking at these series of discussions as a way to i guess shed positive memories and share positive memories about you know different people who've interacted with dr Aeneas um to kind of remember who he was as a man as a physician um in your instance possibly even as a friend so do you have a story in particular that you'd want to tell just about Dr. Enis, it could be professional, it could be personal, um, but just something that you will remember fondly uh, about him, you know, now that he has unfortunately passed. Well, uh, there are so many uh, occasions that you can recall, you know, they all blend into one uh, outstanding relationship. Uh, He... uh, set a good example of, of being a person and um, he uh, he was an outstanding help 
when um, my wife became ill, actually. Um, and so we would became very dependent on him. He, he would, uh, when she became homebound with a brain tumor and couldn't walk, uh, he would make house calls on her and uh, made sure that she was comfortable and um, made sure she got her treatments and he, he didn't have any problem uh, uh, visiting her. As a matter of fact, I recall at one point in time that he, he flew into Nassau and was able to come directly from the airport to our house to examine her and um, it, it made us feel very well to know that he cared so much to, uh, um, to be her physician. And so I didn't mind him being the family physician because of that um, relationship. As a matter of fact, um, I recall that uh, at the time of her passing, we took her to the emergency room and he was there to meet us and um, made everyone feel comfortable in how she was taken care of at that last mm -hmm. few minutes, you know, it was very nice. I think if I would remember anything, that would be... Uh, uh, a particular event that uh, right. stays in my mind. Right. Well, like I said, I, I understand that it, you know this probably is a, a a relatively difficult time for a lot of people in and around the medical community as a whole. Um, not just you know doctors' hospital, but I imagine across the board. I want to thank you, Doctor Johnson, for allowing us to you know have a chat and get to hear some of your stories and your memories of Dr. Aeneas as we look to remember him and honor him in particular for his contributions to Doctors Hospital, but also for the, the man that he was and the legacy that he leaves both as a person and as a physician in our country as a whole. So I want to thank you very much for sharing some of your memories and your thoughts about Dr. Aeneas with us. And we hope that, you know, as people get to hear these stories and remember, in, you know, fondly the, the good times and the, the happy times that it will resonate and that legacy that he's left will carry on. Yes, I, I think that Dr. Enes set a very high standard of medical practice mm -hmm. around uh, doctor's hospital and around the the whole medical community. Uh, he was well known, well recognized by all the doctors. And he um, was well known to set a high standard and he also worked very well in the community. He had a, uh, a, a formed a group called the Gentleman's Club. Right. Um, helped to raise up young men to become uh, social uh, entities 
and uh, the gentlemen's club. There are many young men right now in the in Nassau and the Bahamas that have uh, come up through the function of the gentlemen's club. Um, also, he was a fraternity brother, not of mine, but I believe it was Omega Psi Phi fraternity uh, that he joined in college. Uh, he was very active in those um, organizations, and he would fly off one or two trips a year just to do uh, interaction with his college fraternities. And so uh, he was well known locally and in the international sphere Mm -hmm. as, a, as a leader and a good community worker, had a good sense of humor too. And he could tell a tell a good joke, and everyone actually came to depend on him because he was always willing to do uh, a service. And if if he wanted or saw something that needed to be done, and he couldn't find anyone to do it, he would do it himself, and said. You know, this is how it should be done. So mm -hmm. he's a good example of, uh, of a kind person. Uh, I think he well represented his church. I don't know what his office was in his church, but he spoke well of his church. I knew he gave lectures in the community at his church. And um, there were young people's groups that he spoke with. Um, and the Medical Association of the Bahamas, two, about two years ago, he gave a an outstanding lecture, which was called the uh, Walker Memorial Lecture. That was named after a uh, member of, of Parliament, Dr. Walker, who formed the uh, Walker Hotel was a member of parliament for Grantstown. Uh, so one of his daughters is a member of the Medical Association, and they give an annual lecture. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's like a tribute to be chosen to give an annual lecture. And I think that was a, a tribute to Judson to be asked to speak. And he, he spoke giving his, an account of his experiences. I wish I had a, a recording of that lecture because it actually told the story of his life and uh, his experiences, not only in Nassau, but in the States and in his, his military service mm. uh, of, his, of his family relationships. Uh, Judson liked to talk about his family. Uh, as a matter of fact, he would often talk about his, his grandfather, who was a physician, and um, he used him as an example of why he, he worked so hard. His grandfather worked up until the, the, um, the, the date of his death. Uh, uh, in his late 
in his late seventies, actually. He worked on up until the eleven o'clock hour. Saw his last patient, and um, went into his office and sat down and died right there. And I think he used him as an example of the kind of of work and an industry that he wanted to perform. He wanted to be working all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, and he he had a high regard for his his brother who was a dentist and his father who was also a dentist. And um, his father kept a, a dental practice in Grantstown. Uh, next to St. Agnes Church, next to the uh, Southern Recreation Ground. That was where his office was located. And he was very proud of his father. And we know that his sister, uh, Agreta, Dr. Agreta Enius Carey, mm-hmm. is also a specialist in family practice uh, working in the Bahamas. So um, he he was an all-around person. You know, his 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 wife also uh, worked with him in his office practice and his hemodialysis practice. Uh, she had it organized, even though she did not be out in the in the front. We knew that she knew everything that was going on in his practice, mm-hmm. and they formed a very good, very good team. And um, they. Uh, Often spoke of how how well their relationship was. They they were talking about how well they were in love at that late stage. You know, so mm-hmm. it was very nice to see them and um, their children. How they grew them up, and um, I I knew his his children. I've known them from the time they were toddlers, I guess, and now uh, he has um, two, two of the children are married and have, have children and um, live in the States. One is a, one is a lawyer, I believe, and um, he has, has two grandchildren that he also travel to visit uh, frequently in the mm-hmm. States. So he will be missed. He, he will be missed in the medical community. He will be missed as my personal friend. Mm-hmm. He will be missed as my doctor, who uh, he also, uh, I sometimes treated him as well for his uh, uh, conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have many complaints, but he uh, made sure that he stayed fit and um, had a good diet and exercise program. So it was a big surprise when he uh, developed this uh, viral infection that had uh, suddenly attacked the Bahamas like every other country and he was one of the 
earlier ones to succumb. So he will be a, a sudden miss, but um, we look on his passing as a great loss, but we sorrow with hope, knowing that he was um, a good example, a good, a good doctor, a good father, and uh, a good community worker. Mm -hmm. All of those things, he will be missed. Yeah, that's the, um, you know, I've had some, some conversations with some of the fellow physicians, and that seems to be the, the recurring theme is his impact, not just as a physician, but also as a man in the community, and specifically through Gentlemen's Club and those sorts of things. So, like I said, we, we recognize the loss and we hope that sharing these memories and these stories will help to, you know, shine a light on who he was and honor and pay tribute to his, his memory. So I want to thank you very much, um, Dr. Johnson, for, you know, taking some time out of your schedule to kind of speak on behalf of your colleague and friend, um, we are very appreciative of your time and we are thankful for the thoughts and the memories that you've shared. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. And um, I, I would be happy to give more later okay, as the time is available. When you want to get some more information, I'll be happy to share, sure. share with you. Not a problem. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, too. All right. You have a great day. All right. Okay. So we are continuing our discussions um, with uh, physicians within the doctor's hospital community in particular. Um, talking about their experiences and memories of Dr. Judson Enius. Um, today we're talking to, or in this instance, we're talking to Dr. Sheena Antonio Colley, um, who's the chief medical officer at Doctors Hospital. Um, Dr. Colley, you uh, mentioned in passing that you had done a part of your residency program with Dr. Enius um, when you were, uh, I guess, coming up as a young physician. What was it uh, about him that made you want to work with him at that time? Okay, so I was a resident in internal medicine in Baltimore, Maryland. And um, my intention was always to return to the Bahamas to work as a physician in my specialty. And I wanted to get some experience in medicine in the Bahamas because indeed I had not had any, any experience up to that point um, in medicine in the country. So what I did, and this was back in the 90s, so there was no uh, wide access to internet and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I looked in the phone book I had somebody bring me a phone book from the Bahamas, and I saw that um, Dr. Jed Sinanius was an internal medicine specialist, which was the specialty I was I was training in, and also that he was a diplomat of the American uh, 
American Board of Internal Medicine, mm -hmm. which was, of course, the board that certified internists, that certifies internists in the United States. So that piqued my interest, and I called him up on the phone, and he was gracious enough to take my call, and I asked him if I could come and do a rotation with him for six weeks to um, get a, a feel and an idea about medicine in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a great experience. Uh, it was one that I'm, I'm so happy that it really charted a, a course for my life and, and headed me in the direction that I'm heading in now. So, so I'm so grateful to him for that. Okay. Um, what would you say was the impact of the time you spent, I guess, working with him um, during that, that part of your residency? So besides getting a very good um, introduction to medical care and practicing medicine in the Bahamas, um, it, was, it was an eye-opener as to how your work as a physician and what, what it is that you're expected to do. At the time that I was starting with him, he was also in the process of developing the Gentleman's Club. Mm. And I was very interested in how philanthropic he was and the fact that as physicians, we had we bore some responsibility in to our community and what that responsibility was. Um, so that was that was a big impact on me. He was he was a great physician. So he taught me a lot of medicine during my internal medicine rotation with him. Um, but he also showed me the responsibility to the community that we as physicians bear as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess what is one thing that you feel that other physicians can learn um, from Dr. Enius? I guess this is kind of like, you know, that legacy question. Like what, it, what would you say is his legacy to physicians that are you know, still working in the environment here who may have been, you know, under his tutelage as you were, and even just physicians now who are coming into the medical community, what do you think that they can learn from the legacy of someone like Dr. Aeneas? So when I did return to the Bahamas in um, the late 90s, I was um, privileged to be offered a position at his practice. So I worked under his mentorship as a fully-fledged physician. And during that time, one of the things that he taught me was the business of medicine. Mm. Um, in medical school, this is not taught. Right. That is not taught. You're taught to be a good doctor. You're taught your, your skills and your craft. But the business of medicine is not something that there's a class on. Mm -hmm. And indeed, he opened my eyes to how medicine should be run as a business. He taught me about um, having what staff you needed, what equipment was necessary. Uh, he showed me about dealing with insurance companies, about healthcare coding and billing. And he was very strategic in the way he dealt with his business. Um, his uh, patients, not just from a, a perspective of taking care of them, but how they also fit into his business model as well. 
you talked to me about having contacts, about um, uh, aligning yourself. Uh, he was he was really good in, when it came to the business of medicine. And then the other thing, like I already mentioned, is the philanthropy was mm-hmm. the other take home message. And definitely, like I said, that giving back to the community, those were two uh, big uh, things that stood out um, in his life. And that I think physicians that are up and coming could learn from modeling his life and just taking a look at the way he operated. And then it is, it's not old fashioned, it won't go out of style, but those are the things that I think will have a great impact on physicians as they chart their course through their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that um, Dr. Johnson had mentioned was that Dr. Enius seemed to be someone who was um, always interested in pursuing knowledge um, in that he would, you know, make every effort to attend, you know, at least one major medical conference um, a year. Um, what can you, I guess, say to speak to that aspect of, of his nature? Oh, absolutely. So we would attend um, ACP meetings. That's American College of Physicians mm-hmm. meetings. It's a huge meeting that um, for uh, internal medicine practitioners. He would always want to go to ASN, American Society of Nephrologists. Right. And he was very um, active in these groups and in these societies as well. He, uh, when he was a physician in the United States, he was very um, instrumental during the HIV period at his hospital in the, the um, blood bank and mm. procuring blood and how to deal with patients who were HIV positive and that needed dialysis. He was a forerunner and he, his, uh, he had a very high zest for knowledge and for, and for keeping up with the data and keeping up with the literature. I always remember we would always have drug reps that come, came into our practice mm-hmm. and he would challenge them on their new medications and the way they worked and, and really wanting them to give him the literature um, about them and not just selling him a product. He was very strategic about that. And um, like I said, he definitely did have a zest for knowledge because we were always, he encouraged me to go, but he also modeled that by going himself to all of these international conferences and meetings all around the world, really. Mm-hmm. He would attend. Um, and like I said, really participate and lead in, in many instances as well. Right. Okay. Um, I guess this, this question has kind of evolved for me as I've, um, kind of gone through this process with a few of, um, Dr. Enes' colleagues, but if you could tell one story or if you could, um, I guess mention one, one theme or one overarching theme of Dr. Enes' life, what, what would that be? Because I, I, I've gotten the response that it's hard to pinpoint one story, um, especially for people who have known him for such a long time. So if you don't have a story in particular, then I guess you could speak to um, an overarching theme or you know something along those lines that speaks to his, his impact. Well, I don't know if anybody mentioned this because um, the overarching themes would be already what I said, but here's something 
that people may remember him by. He was a great MC. Mm -hmm. He used to be the MC at many of our physician uh, appreciation dinners at Doctors Hospital. Mm -hmm. And his jokes are definitely legacy jokes. <laughs> um, I hope we have some of them recorded because he, you, you, you knew that there was a punchline and he would have clean and dirty <laughs> and he was he was just a really good mc and we we looked forward to having him he did it several times and we looked forward to having him at the physician appreciation dinners mm -hmm. um to be the mc he you know everybody knew him he was very gregarious um and so we always looked forward to having him um perform that duty so um, that will definitely be something that we miss tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, just his role that he played uh, during the, the Christmas time at those dinners. Um, you know, that was always something to look forward to. Right. I know for me, um, being relatively new to the doctor's hospital space, um, you know, a, a lot of the, um, I want to be, um, careful here. A lot of the, the more seasoned physicians um, I've not had the opportunity to engage with. But the one thing that I found through this process um, is that, you know, people speak very highly of Dr. Enius um, in so many spaces, right? From as a professional, as a colleague, as a, a physician in that space. Um, you know, Dr. Johnson spoke to his role um in his family in his church in his community um as did dr diggis you know obviously in particular speaking to his role in establishing gentlemen's club but even some of his work that he'd done within his church community um and you know dr diggis also did mention the 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 emceeing and how he would apologize in advance for telling a joke that might be off color um and that it would definitely be off color if he apologized in advance yes um, but I think the, the thing for me, um, I guess that's resonated is that, you know, the reason why we're doing these interviews and having people speak, um, on their memories of him, um, I guess it becomes clearer and clearer to me after I do each interview, which is that Dr. Ines was a giant of a man, um, you know, both in what his impact means, um, as a physician and then as you go out into the broader community. Um, so I guess in a lot of ways, you know, it is, it is kind of bittersweet because you, you hear all of the, um, we are, well, we are obviously saddened that is passing, but you hear people speak so generously of him, so highly of him, um, you know, and I think to me it shows that, you know, he is someone that's definitely worthy of the honor and the tributes that are being given. And I, for me, you know, it's 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 an opportunity to learn, and I hope that as we go through and and present these, um, and as people listen to these, that they can kind of, you know, if they didn't have an understanding, that they can gain an appreciation for um, who he was, what he meant to um, the the hospital space, but also the community at large, um, and that we can help in some small part to continue to. Um, preach his legacy and, and, and speak yeah, highly right. of him, you know, and carry that on to the next generation of whether yeah. it be physicians, whether it be young men that are coming through um, the gentlemen's club and just anyone that's been impacted by him that we can continue to, you know, carry that 
carry his legacy forward because obviously it's one that has been very impactful and it's a life that has been very impactful in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're, yeah I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head about, about that uh, totally. And I think that is what we want to, that's what we want to do, mm -hmm. we want to achieve is that same effect that it had on you that it would have on others. Right. Um, right. So, you know, I hope that that's what really happens, you mm -hmm. know, and definitely hope his family um, uh, really appreciates it as well, you know, because it's definitely heartfelt. Um, you know, he was, he was, he was unique. So, and you know, that definitely was a life well lived, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah traveling too that's another thing he could travel <laughs> yeah I think, I think dr johnson mentioned that he had um he had his kids i think that lived in the u.s and so he would travel a lot to see them and and that sort of thing as well um yeah so i'm i'm hoping that for our listeners um and i guess even especially for his family i know that you know, the family of a physician, in some ways, you know, they make a lot of sacrifices because essentially they're sharing their loved one with the country, the world as a whole in, in certain instances. Um, so I hope that, you know, they would, would, would see and recognize um, the, the true appreciation that we in the doctor's hospital community have um, for what Dr. Aeneas has meant to us as a facility and to obviously all of the people who have worked with him individually um, and that impact that he's he's had. Okay, well, I want to thank you for your time, Dr. Um, Colley. It was great to kind of have you share um, your experiences and some of your memories of Dr. Aeneas. Um, and we hope that as people listen to this, that they will um, see that and, and gain that appreciate appreciation themselves if they, you know, if they haven't had that opportunity to get to know um, more about who he was and what he's done in um, this local community. Absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, like I said, um, the message um, about his life would resonate and would definitely be an inspiration to, to other people. And I think that's, if uh, we could achieve that, I think that it would be um, a worthy tribute to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for your time. Um, and we look forward to maybe getting you on the podcast um, in some different spaces going on down the line, because obviously this is a, a new endeavor that we're taking on as a hospital. Um, we're using it in this space to honor one of our um, fallen, but obviously this is a space that we intend to kind of express uh, a lot of different things in the future. So we're hoping to get you back on um, in the near future in a, in a different capacity. Not a problem and looking forward to it. All right. Thank you very much. All right. All right take, take care. care. So I just want to thank you for listening to the Doctors Hospital podcast. I especially want to thank our guests today, um, Dr. Sheena Antonio Colley and Dr. John Johnson. Um, we hope that you will continue to like, comment, subscribe, and share. And we look forward to seeing you back here and listening as we put out more of the podcast as we continue into this new venture, so to speak, um, as a part of Doctors Hospital. So thank you and enjoy your day.